0: Welcome to the Perfume Room and greetings from LA. I am here on the West Coast for the week and I came here for my cousin Max's wedding. This is no ordinary cousin. This is Max as in the person who wrote the theme music for this podcast and also the voice behind that what's that smell sound that you hear every single week. And if you follow me on TikTok, you saw that I did a scent consult for Max and their fiance. And so they did indeed wear the fragrances that I selected for them. Max wore a Sense of Wood, Plum, and Cognac, and Chris wore BDK, Gris Charnel. They smelled amazing. The wedding was so beautiful, so thoughtful, so filled with love, so fun. I know you're wondering what I wore. I wore petit fracas and I had been recently inspired after the interview with today's guest. And as I was packing my bag, I was like, this is absolutely what I'm going to wear to the wedding. It's such a buoyant, happy, joyful, celebratory bubblegummy tuberose. And I just, I knew it's exactly what I wanted to wear. To me, when I smell it, I see like a hot pink and that is the energy that I wanted to evoke which is of course very relevant to today's episode because today I spoke to the creator of Petit Fraca, as well as hundreds of other fragrances that we all know and love. Today I am speaking with Aurélien Guichard who is not just a perfumer, he is a seventh generation perfumer. His family is from grass and it is in his blood. In fact, Aurélien has such a unique position in the industry because he is the only perfumer who is also the supplier of his fragrance raw materials. He owns his own organic farm in Grasse, where he grows his own rose and tuberose that goes into the very fragrances he creates. If you smell radical rose, if you smell French flower, these are fragrances made with raw materials from his own farm. It's like the farm to table equivalent of fragrance. Aurelien has so many nuggets of knowledge and wisdom and his passion is so radiant throughout the entire episode. If you have not had a chance to try Matthieu Première, well, first off, you should, because the line is absolutely beautiful, but you might know his work from some of his other masterful creations, including Versace Eros, Gucci Guilty, Narciso Poudre, Narciso, Gucci Porome, which has a really fun story to it. I'm very excited for you guys to hear it in this episode. Bond number nine, Chinatown, Sean John Unforgivable, I could go on. And what was so special is after the recording, Aurelion generously gifted both Wyatt and I fragrances of our choosing. And guys, I know you're all wondering what I picked. I picked Narrowly Oranger, which I don't even know if we talked about in the episode. But when I tell you guys, I think it's my favorite Narrowly scent I've ever smelled. Had I smelled this in time for the Orange Blossom Narrowly Smell Club, you better believe it would have been in the sample pack. It is such a powerhouse. It is just so good. It is such a beautiful display of everything I love about the bitter orange tree. It's got such a nice sort of like herby, narrowly note, but then this just like slightly sweet orange blossom. It's so wearable. It's so fresh. I love it so much. And he told Wyatt that he loved his bright aura and then recommended based on that Crystal Saffron, which is the newest fragrance coming to the U.S., I think next month. Um, But basically, Wyatt and I left that interview, not only smelling amazing, but just like, we were just in awe. I'm so excited for all of you to hear all about this line. It is so unique, so beautiful, and so well-made, and a sustainable brand with a really interesting concept. And Aurélien was a delight to talk to. So here is Aurélien Guichard. Aurelien, welcome to the Perfume Room. How are you doing today?
1: Hello, Emma. Thank you. Well, I'm very well. I'm really happy to spend this podcast with you.
0: Likewise. So I always open the podcast with the following question. What fragrance are you currently wearing, if any?
1: I'm wearing um, the next fragrance that I'm working on for Matière Première, actually.
0: Oh, so can't say anything?
1: No. Okay. But that's my life. I always wear the future fragrances that uh, I work on and that I'm actually developing. Okay. So that's what I do. I rarely wear only one fragrance. I mm-hmm. wear, you see, in, in today I'm wearing on, on my left hand one try, and on my right hand another try on the same idea. Mm. So that during the day I can see how they evolved mm-hmm. and then tomorrow I will restart of the one I prefer.
0: Wow. Okay, well, guys, I'm not gonna tell anyone what I just smelled, but I'll tell you it was really lovely. Would you say you have a signature scent or signature scent profile that you tend to gravitate towards?
1: I like to wear woods, Mm -hmm. but really, you know, when I in my everyday life, I work for different designers, Mm -hmm. and in these cases, I work at the service of those people. Mm -hmm. So. I would say that I try not to have a profile. Mm-hmm. And another part of my day is to work for Matière Première when right. I work at the service of a raw material. Mm-hmm. So that's a different approach, and therefore I try not to have really a olfactive profile. But I love woods.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, I'm, I'm jumping ahead here. But you said something really interesting with Matière Première, which is that you work at the service of the raw material, What was the impetus for creating this line and what inspired you to create a line around profiling raw materials?
1: In fact, there are so many ways of answering this question for me because raw materials are at the heart of everything I do. You know, when you learn uh, perfumery, you learn raw materials. Mm -hmm. Matière première, I must say that. Matière première means raw material Mm -hmm. in French. And it's a bit like when you learn perfumery, it's a bit like learning a language. Mm-hmm. So you must learn words that you will use. You learn many words, many raw materials, mm-hmm. and then when you start formulating, you use certain words, just mm-hmm. like you use certain words when you tell a story. Right. Well, I use certain ingredients, raw materials. And when I grew up as a little kid, uh, I w- my family is originally from the south of France in Grasse, mm-hmm. and my par my grandparents were growing jasmine, roses, verbena, and. I kind of grew up in that environment of people, uh, not only perfumers, but people who were picking up the flowers, people who had a kind of Mm know-how. And later in my life, when I was maybe, uh, that was in 2014, I thought, why not uh, not saving this kind of local know-how by Mm -hmm. creating my own farm? Mm -hmm. And that really was not, there was no point at the time, and not really... Will from my side to create a brand. Mm-hmm. Um, I just wanted to keep alive some part of my childhood, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Um, the memories I, I had around the fields, the people that were growing the flowers. I thought there was something simple and beautiful. And uh, at the time in 2015, I had worked as a perfumer for 15 years. So my work was mainly about formulation. And I felt there was maybe some room in my life to maybe go back to the roots of, of raw materials. Mm-hmm. And my two friends, Caius and Cédric, with whom I created Matière Première, we were spending time over there in the south of France mm-hmm. in a very French environment, you know, where we would have lunch outside. It's a very, you know, it's near a village. It's in the countryside. And the roses were growing, um, the rose plants. Uh, At the time, there was no avrest. You know, they were very tiny and small. And we thought, why not creating something that's about that? That's about the direct connection between an ingredient and a fragrance. Right. Turning an ingredient into a perfume. And that's how, you know, something obvious came to me to say, let's create Matière Première. Mm.
0: So how is that process different? You know, obviously, when you're doing something for a client, I'm sure there's lots of different briefs involved. But when you hone in on the raw material how do you sort of think about how you want to showcase it?
1: I mean first of all I must say um, I absolutely love what I do uh, whether it's working for a fashion brand a couturier a a marketing team Mm -hmm. or working for Matière Première Mm -hmm. I've always felt that it was such a luck to meet people who were believing in your ideas Mm -hmm. and saying okay you have this idea and I'm a famous designer that I and I think your fragrance that you've been creating for me, it's great, and I want to put it in a bottle. So mm-hmm. I've always loved that to work at the service of other people. Mm-hmm. And for me, what was important is to come up with something totally different with matière première that was not, I would say, in competition with this part of my life. I, so I was thinking, you know, what's what is it that people maybe are missing when it comes to fragrance. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was about creating a brand that was really about respecting the beauty of a raw material. Mm-hmm. You know in my, in my lab where I work I have plenty of ingredients right. that I use for composition. Right. And when I smell those ingredients and I dip a blotter in a bottle, uh, many of them they, they last for five, six, seven days. And many fragrances don't last for five, six, seven days. They, in most fact, most of them yeah. don't even last for an hour or two. Right. So I said, you know, what if we go back to this basic, and a bit like a photographer does, where he will look in the street, um, and he will see certain things, he will make a picture, and he will show to people what he thinks is beautiful. I felt I could do the same thing with ingredients. Hmm. Uh, if I find an ingredient beautiful, mm-hmm. how can I turn it into a perfume? Mm-hmm. That was I think at the heart of the, the philosophy of Matière Première. Mm. Around me, I had friends who were working as in fashion, in art, and many of them were telling me they were not fra- wearing fragrances. Mm-hmm. And they, in fact, they thought it was cool not to wear fragrances.
0: It's cool not to wear fragrances? Yeah. They're, They're saying they it to a perfumer? Yes. I mean. and I
1: thought, you know, there's something that we're missing there. I mean, right. there's something uh, I can understand. So, I w- you know, you would ask, many people tell you, all fragrances smell the same, or they Mm -hmm. don't last, or they are too sweet, or this Mm -hmm. and that. I said, okay, why do they tell me that they don't think it's cool to wear a perfume? And the fact that when I started to create fragrances for Matière Première, that fragrances were built around one central raw material, very lisible, Mm -hmm. formulation very simple. The fact that they could understand what they would smell on blotter made them feel comfortable to put it on skin. Right. The fact that the formulation is specific because it's not overwhelming. Right. They would wear it during a day and they would get comments. Right. And then they would come back to me and say, Can I wear your this fragrance again? So so that's I think was also at the heart of, of the design of creating matière première was to mm-hmm. come up with a brand where you understand what you wear. Right. That was, I think, something that Mm. I thought was super interesting.
0: So do you consider the fragrances to be sort of solo floors or it's really, they're more of the heart, but there's lots of other ingredients?
1: There are, you know, people don't always understand that what a natural ingredient Mm -hmm. is in fact made of plenty of different facets. Mm -hmm. If you smell, for example, a rose centifolia. An absolute, it has a floral facet, Mm -hmm. but it also has a spicy facet, a woody facet. Mm -hmm. It has a fruity facet. Mm -hmm. So my goal and my work when I create a fragrance for Matière Première Mm -hmm. is to underline certain facets Mm. and to diminish other Mm -hmm. by just adding and combining ingredients that will underline maybe the spiciness or the woodiness of the rose.
0: Yeah, I do want to talk about rose centifolia, and I think it's a a good segue into uh, Domaine de Chautard. Did I say it correctly? Yes. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) I was telling Alex before, I'm like, I'm going to mess it all up. Um, Okay. Um, The centifolia rose is so special, and it's so unique to grass. And I actually have had a few conversations recently with different people in the industry trying to differentiate how they would describe the Damascus rose versus Rosa Centifolia. And I've gotten such different answers because I think it can be interpreted in so many different ways. What about the Centifolia rose is special to you, and how would you describe it?
1: So, first, you don't obtain the same product when you do an extraction of Rose centifolia with a rose from Damascus. Mm-hmm. The Damascena rose, Damascus rose, you get oil because you get it through steam distillation. Right. The smell is fresh, floral, almost fruity, a bit vibrant. It mm-hmm. smells a bit lychee-like. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful, mm-hmm. but it's it's a different product than what you obtain when you do Rose centifolia. Because mm-hmm. Rose centifolia, which is also called Rose de mai, you extract the smell by... Um, you get an absolute. Mm-hmm. So it's super, it's much more complex, much mm-hmm. more intense, much more long lasting. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh,
1: we, we tend to, and I think that it doesn't mean that it's better or worse than the, the rose demetra. It's just a different product. Mm-hmm. Same again, when you smell a rose santifolia from Turkey, because mm-hmm. you can find some rose santifolia in Turkey mm. or in Bulgaria, mm-hmm. they don't smell the same as the ones in the south of France. Mm-hmm. Because a bit like wine, grapes according to the terroir, the climax. The plant will smell different. Mm -hmm. And that is absolutely magical. You know, that was at the heart of our conviction at Matière Première is the terroir, the know-how of the people who grow the flowers affect the quality of the ingredient. Mm -hmm. Now if you take that ingredient and you overdose it in a fragrance, Mm -hmm. you always already bring a kind of beauty and a complexity that people will feel. When they wear the perfume mm-hmm. and so the success to amazing ingredients was, was really something central also the fact that we put huge quantity of that ingredient is also something that i thought was important for two reasons first by putting a large quantity you can feel the texture of the ingredient,
0: mm-hmm.
1: but also you make sure that the people who produce the ingredients will have consistent orders so that their farm can work years after years. Right. So many fragrances use beautiful ingredients, but the question is how much of that beautiful ingredient do you put in the bottle? Right. At Matiere Premiere, we always try to push the limit of the quantity.
0: Right, I heard that this has the highest percentage of Centifolia absolute of any Centifolia fragrance. Correct. Guys, I mean, this is gorgeous. I love it.
1: You know, at, at Matiere Premiere, as I said before, we I don't try to have like a sophisticated inspiration. Mm -hmm. I find one ingredient Mm -hmm. that I think is cool. Mm -hmm. I try to put this high dosage of that ingredient and Mm -hmm. then my creative approach is just to facet this ingredient Mm -hmm. to turn it into a perfume. Mm -hmm. Now what does turning an ingredient in a perfume means? It can be either underlining what I find beautiful about it, but it can also be about trying to diminish the drawback of the ingredients. Mm-hmm. For example, at Matière Première, we have a fragrance called uh, Cologne Cédra. Mm-hmm. Cologne Cédra is a fake cologne. It's made out of an ingredient called citron oil mm-hmm. from Italy, Cédra in French, citron, mm-hmm. which is a beautiful ingredient. I but love it has that. So it's really fresh.
0: It's so beautiful.
1: But it has one drawback, this ingredient, that mm. nat- the nature, when nature makes this ingredient, you have an amazing impression of freshness, but it lasts only for half an hour to an hour. So my goal when I work, when I create a perfume for Matière Première mm-hmm. is to give the illusion that this freshness will last for six or seven hours. Mm-hmm. But you, as a person who smells it, I just want you to smell the citron. Right. And as you wear it, I will, uh, you will feel that this citron lasts for six or seven hours because I have infused a couple of spices, like pink pepper, mm-hmm. um, couple of uh, couple of notes like tea leaves. You have some maté, mm-hmm. and that gives this impression that the citron lasts for for six hours. So the work of perfumer somehow, sometime is about amplifying nature.
0: Right. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting because if you make a fragrance that's a traditional top note, the question becomes how will you get it to last and evolve throughout the day? And this is just such a powerful citrus. It's so beautiful.
1: You know, there's different ways of creating perfumes, a bit like in art, in painting. Um, Sometimes you mix things that are opposite and it creates beautiful, beautiful fragrances. Mm -hmm. What we do at Matière Première is the opposite. I try to find one main ingredient and I find other ingredients that have have coherence with that ingredient Mm -hmm. so that it feels as a whole. So, you know, when I use couple of spices in uh, together with a, with a citron. Mm-hmm. It's because the spices I use fresh vibrant spice that almost are hidden in the citron. Mm. So it's always a matter of finding a way to to complexify but without being too visible mm. uh, an ingredient.
0: Mm.
1: We, we have the opposite exercise for example was made on Santal austral mm. which is an amazing sandalwood. Uh, it was made by um, uh, an Australian uh, company that is owned by, by Aborigines. So whenever they cut a tree, they replant two or three. Wow. All the trees that are cut are planted trees. Mm-hmm. But the sandalwood has an amazing trail and sillage.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Now, but it has the drawback of the sandalwood. It doesn't have any top note. So if you would spray just pure sandalwood, you would smell maybe for a day or two, but on the first couple of minutes, you would hardly smell your skin. Right. So I've just added touches of almond milk notes, Mm -hmm. iris, just to give this impression of whiteness.
0: It's so pretty. I was going to say there's like this really sort of soft milky musk quality. I love it. Thank you. You were talking about, you know, sourcing raw materials, and I do want to talk about what you do because you have a very unique position in the industry. You are the only perfumer who is also your own supplier of your rose and tuberose. And so I do want to go back to Domaine de Chautardes for a second because you have your own organic farm. Was this something that came after you founded Mater Première or before? Before. Okay, and then... After you had this organic farm, then you decided to like. How did this? How did this all come about?
1: So in 2014, um, the the story behind it is, um, I had my my grandparents were getting really old, and they had a farm elsewhere in Grasse. And I said, mm-hmm. okay, maybe it's time for me to do my own organic farm. So my goal at the time was just to be the only perfumer in the world to grow its own roses and Mm -hmm. to use its roses Mm -hmm. in its fragrances for the different brands Mm -hmm. I was working for. Mm -hmm. but So I I became an official farmer, you know, with with a status of farmer. Mm -hmm. Then in 2016, it took me two years to get the status of that. Then in 2016, I started to plant the roses. Mm -hmm. And as they were growing, I thought, at the time I I had spent maybe two or three years, you know, working in the fields on top of my work. So I was going on weekends, wow. I was taking my holidays to take care of that. And I was surrounded by local people also that were helping me. Mm-hmm. You know, people that my grandparents worked with for 50 years. Right. So I had access to those people, they helped me. And as the flowers were growing, I thought, why not creating matière première? Hmm. Because I felt there was something true about that. You know, mm-hmm. I, was, I felt there was... It's important when you love... Really, what you do, that people can feel that there's a beauty about the work of perfumer that is simple. Mm-hmm. And I think with time, we have almost over marketed the work of perfumer. We have over marketed the beauty of it. And there's no need for that because mm-hmm. the simplicity of what it is, just smelling, having access to amazing ingredients, having access to ingredients that are given by nature, is mm. already magical. Mm. So that's how the idea of matière première came. It was just to, I felt, shook, you know, showing the beauty of what I, not just my work, but the beauty of the work of perfumer.
0: And you, you mentioned your grandfather and your grandparents, and you are a seventh generation perfumer. What was that like growing up? What was, what were the smells of your childhood?
1: Well, it was. I mean, it was. It was. There's plenty of of scent of my childhood, but. You know this idea of being 7th generation perfumer. You have to know that we were originally from Grasse. So mm-hmm. Grasse is known to be as uh, a capital of perfume. Mm-hmm. I don't know if there's a capital of perfume, but it's mm. a city that became important for perfume creation because there were many ingredients growing around this city of Grasse: mm-hmm. rose, jasmine, and a couple of villages were growing specific ingredients like violet leaves, mimosa, and. When you grow up, you grow up with people who work, who have worked in different com- industries, company, so they are all related with fragrances. And you mm-hmm. talk to, with people who are the greatest perfumer of the world, uh, who are not stars. You know, they're just they talk about perfume, just mm-hmm. like you. Some people talk about football or baseball. Right. or So there's this is passion. This is when it's a way of life. It's it's a way of Exchanging, you know, I I have a mother; she's a um, a sculptress. We mm-hmm. I grew up with artists that could that were painters, sculptors, perfumers, mm-hmm. and they were talking about that because it was their their fire inside. You know, mm-hmm. that's what made them happy was to talk about that. So my memories, I can me- I have memories of my ch- of my childhood related um, in Paris, for example. My father was coming back from. From, uh, from his office and he would s- spray uh, his best tries on my mother's skin mm-hmm. and he would smell that I remember. I don't remember what it was smelling like, but I remember visually mm-hmm. him smelling my mother. Um, so there was something very sensual about that. Mm-hmm. But I was also spending my summer in the south of France with my grandparents. I have one very specific memory. It was it must have been maybe the age of five or six and. Uh, in August, there were, pickers were picking up the jasmine and every morning, starting at 7. And by 11, the harvest was finished and everybody would be lining up next to a little house where my grandparents, my grandfather, was compounding what each picker had picked. Wow. And people get paid at the time according to the amount of flower and the weight that mm-hmm. they, they of flowers they had. And in that room that was in the shadow, there was a clay on the ground, there was a smell of the flowers, of course, but there was also, also the smell of the gasoline because there was some agricultural machine. Mm-hmm. And the smell together of all this was incredible. The mix of the flowers with the petrol and the, sh- the, the clay on the ground was really something incredible. And five years ago, I walked back again in that room, in that little. And of course, it was empty. I had the impression that the smell was still there. Mm. So that's to me it was something special. I remember also when I was maybe five or six, uh, your little kid, you're maybe I don't know, uh, not very much higher than the hands of of the adults that are surrounding you. And I remember the smell of the of people's hands. You know whether they were wearing gloves or I just remember that when they when they grab you when they. It's you right. I remember the cement of their hands.
0: I'm sure people have very fragrant hands and grass. So <laughs> that's know. definitely, yeah. Wow. Guys, if you are listening to this on the day of release on September 20th and you have not yet signed up for September Smell Club and you want to, you are in luck because today is the last day to register for the September session. And guess how many tickets are left? As I am saying this, on Monday, there are four tickets left. This will sell out. It always does. If it does and I get enough DMs, maybe I'll open a few more tickets, but that is not the plan right now. There are four tickets left. It's so fun. We're smelling such a wide variety of boozy scents and really exploring what that genre of fragrances encompasses, what it means, why certain fragrances get classified as boozy scents, and it's just gonna be so fun. And also the fragrances are all so different from one another and just, in my very biased opinion, so damn good. You can sign up at the link in my bio on TikTok or Instagram. And the sample pack and event registration are sold separately. So you register for the event on Eventbrite and you can purchase the sample pack on Lucky Scent. Let's get back to the episode. So did you always know that being a perfumer was was what you were going to do as well? No. What were you thinking you were going to do?
1: I think I was thinking like most of kids that I didn't want to work much you know? And yeah, I mean, maybe, I get it. <laughs> maybe life is a way of, you know, the best thing you can hope is when you don't feel like you're working when you right. do your job. Um, I remember, you know, when you grow up with, in a family, at least when I talk about that, I hope I don't sound like a spoiled child. Um, but, you know, when you're surrounded by people who are perfumers, sculptors, you think life is like that for everyone. Right, And um, so I never really wanted to become a perfumer. I just remember that when I was 16, 17, I wanted to go away from France. I felt I wanted to explore the world, meet different people. Mm -hmm. And um, I left and I studied um, in England. Mm -hmm. And um, I remember, in fact, it's funny because the first experience, professional experience I had was actually in America when I was 18. Mm. Uh, I came and I was lucky because after my first year of university, I was taken into a placement to work in a perfume company. So I was there to make coffee, photocopy, and being you know helping around
0: at a at a perfume house.
1: A perfume house in New York and Did they the know time. who
0: your who your father was?
1: Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah, they yeah. did. But I was you know I was studying at the time and I wasn't studying perfumery. I was just right. helping around. Yeah. And I loved I loved the people. I was I really loved as this interaction of a relationship of people working together. Mm -hmm. And that gave me um, a desire to to study perfumery later on in my life.
0: So that's when you were 18, you were in New York? So what was that? Was that during the summer?
1: Yeah, it was in 96 when Jenny Versace got murdered, I remember. Oh, wow. I arrived here in July and um, I was uh, there was an amazing person called uh, Jeffrey Webster. He was an American person. Mm He was a head... Of um uh, of Givaudon at the time, and mm-hmm. it took me a, as a placement
0: wow.
1: and I was yeah, I was just helping people around, and I just thought it was fantastic, you know, exciting, I felt there was so many so much passion, uh, and I said it was much more fun than what I was studying. I was studying economics, mm-hmm. which was really boring, so I finished my study of economics yeah uh, and this, and three years later, I started all over again and studied perfumery.
0: Wow. So that that internship or that summer job is kind of, it's so interesting because you have such a romantic fragrance upbringing, but then the story of like making copies, hanging around the office, you're like, yeah. I'm. Some, it's funny how sometimes you need to be away from your parents to realize that what you wanted to do the whole time is what they're... Totally. Yeah. So what was that summer in New York for you like?
1: It was a sense of freedom. There was um, possibilities. I was so lucky because right when, you know, when you arrive in a city and you know no one, everything depends on the first people you meet. Mm -hmm. And the first people I met, I remember, were incredible people. I was living at an artist. Uh, His name was Michel Gérard, and he was married with a Russian woman who was actually helping um, people who were arriving in America. Uh, They were artists, philosophers. I was also very close with a woman who was working at the New York Times for all the shows. And she had a a lover who was a a Cuban uh, artist playing at the Carnegie Hall, and she had friends in a bar called the Bardo, which was like a a place down in Chelsea where you had drag queens playing music, incredible. So there was a real sense of diversity, of Mm open-mindedness, of creativity that really, I think... um, it's incredible in your life when you are 18 to be able to be exposed to to, to people who have ideas, who have mm-hmm. will, who have dreams, yeah, and who have desire to create things that are in line with their inspirations.
0: What a fun time! I'm just listening to that story. I'm like, I want to live like that. When but you... But,
1: but, but you know, as we're talking, yeah, it's also something that you know when I when we came up with Matière Première. Um, you know I have a huge respect for French perfumery but at the same time I really wanted to have to create something that was about the beauty of perfume but mm-hmm. in a very accessible way. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes when fragrances are too complex, too complicated mm-hmm. there's also it makes a distance between expert and non-expert right. and I don't create fragrances for experts right. I create for people that I want to share what's beautiful about uh, about my perfume, about right. sorry my ingredients and I want them to ex- to, to to feel that. So right. it has to be um, it has to be understandable, mm-hmm. visible
0: right. Yeah, I think sometimes you know I the idea of something that's that's around one keynote. people know how to describe it. People can smell rose and recognize rose. and I think so much of the barrier to entry of people talking about fragrance is they don't know what they're smelling and they don't feel like they have a, a place to talk about it.
1: Exactly, you know, probably the opposite style of our perfume would be like a sheep.
0: Mm -hmm. You
1: know, if you smell a sheep, so
0: complicated, yeah.
1: You you add six or seven ingredients. Right. That would be probably you know bergamot with rose with oakmoss with patchouli, Mm -hmm. and you obtain with those five six ingredients. Something totally different, mm-hmm. and no one can really tell that there's those five, six ingredients in this accord. Right. Well, matière première is the opposite. We want when people smell, for example, ensemble suave, mm-hmm. they, we want them to feel the texture of the incense. Mm-hmm. We want them to feel that we have created a fragrance that was a mix of two impressions: one dry, vibrant impression with the mm-hmm. incense, mm-hmm. together with something suave, soft, and and warm. Created by coffee, vanilla, and so it's something almost opposite.
0: So I'm smelling it right now. Uh, this is fun for me because I did not have a chance to really go through your line prior to this interview. So it's this is like a dream come true to smell it as you describe it. Like it's I'm hearing the artist describe. It's almost like if you go to a museum and like you're standing with the artist looking at the looking at the work. This is beautiful, and it's such a nice. There's such a nice sweetness to it. That just feels sort of like soft and balancing of that, that incense note. Really beautiful. I'm very happy. about it. uh, I I could smell these fragrances all day. I'm, I'm curious though, when you did make the leap to go to perfume school, did it feel second nature to you? I mean, growing up surrounded by so many raw materials and perfumers, did you go in and be like, I know what jasmine smells like? Like how did that, what was that experience?
1: It was a life-changing experience because I already felt I knew nothing. Mm-hmm. You know, of course it's wonderful when you're exposed to three, four, five ingredients in your childhood mm-hmm. is one thing because mm-hmm. you have a connection with those ingredients. But when mm-hmm. you learn perfumery, and when I was learning perfumery during three years, you have to learn maybe 3,000 smell They're ingredients. Different. Right. So... I just remember that it was just, I felt, I walked into that room and, you know, before I started actually as a school, that American guy I told you about, Mm -hmm. uh, Jeff Webster, he was Mm -hmm. like a head of a a company and I told him, what if you start again your career? Would you be a sales like you've been or Mm -hmm. would you be a perfumer? And he laughed and he said, I would be a perfumer. Mm -hmm. So he said, you know, what I do is you will... You will uh, finish uh, your studies, and if you want, I give you a chance to to, do, to join a perfumery school. That's how I started. Wow. And when I walked into that perfumery school, first I had uh, I felt privileged. I felt lucky, but also I felt that it was like it's a bit like when you start le beaux You know, everybody knows how to can learn how to draw, but you, if you just put more effort into it, if mm-hmm. you if you dedicate your life into it, you feel it's possible. Mm-hmm. to maybe one day create perfumes. Mm-hmm. So to me, I just remember that. The fact that it was starting on a blank page mm-hmm. and that it was just a matter of learning. I mean, you've been doing comedy, so it's about learning the techniques. Mm-hmm. It's about if you learn the techniques better mm-hmm. than the others, right. if you dedicate your life at learning, then you will be free at expressing yourself later on.
0: Mm-hmm. I, I also find, and I, I wonder if this applies to perfumery as well, is sometimes when you don't know what you're up against, you're, to be naive sometimes is almost better because you just sort of like go in full-fledged and you don't you don't know how competitive it is or you don't know that there's 3,000 materials ahead of you that you need to memorize. I don't know if that was anything, if you had a similar...
1: T- uh, totally. Well, you, you really do feel... I mean, first, I think you're never as creative as when you know little. I agree. And the youngest you right. are, the more creative you are. Right. Now... What I feel, and that's maybe what I try to do with Matière Première, is then the more you know, the more knowledgeable you know. If you want to be creative, you have to think okay, if I think, for example, of a tuberose, I mm-hmm. think of some masterpiece of tuberose, mm-hmm. like Fraca, Giorgio Beverly, we're t- talking for about. everybody Giorgio. listening.
0: I'm currently wearing Petit Fracas, which is one of Aurelien's creations and a beautiful tuberose. Well, a playful tuberous. C- you
1: can feel, okay, there's some masterpiece about right. tuberose that have right. been created, but usually in a certain way. Mm-hmm. So maybe my goal when I will create a tuberose for Matière Première mm-hmm. will to have to find a different approach. How can I showcase a tuberose differently?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: French flower, for example, which was created with our own organic mm-hmm. made in the south of France, the idea was to go at the opposite of uh, the beautiful tuberose made before, uh, such as fracas, that are very opulent, dark, mm-hmm. rich and sensual. I wanted to create a modern, young, bright tuberose, mm-hmm. something that represents the smell of a tuberous field, That you know, this kind of floral enveloping sensation. And so mm-hmm. I think as you grow up maybe, and as you get more knowledgeable, mm-hmm. Uh, maybe the, the game because it's like a game creating. Mm-hmm. The game is to find a way to to work and to and to f- to facet a raw material differently mm-hmm. than what it's been done before. Now I know there's so many fragrances that are being created and so many fragrances are being launched. Um, I don't know who's right and who's wrong, but I think it's this is part of the game trying to find a way. To create differently.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, as I'm smelling French flour, I mean, it kind of, it's what I love about this is similar to what I love about Petit Fracas, which is that it's so playful and fun and buoyant and it feels sort of juicy and uh, like a sort of like a fruity, pl- like just sparkling tuberous.
1: You're right. Uh, it's correct. Exactly that. You know, the main ingredient is tuberous, Uh, from the south of France, Mm -hmm. we have two extractions of tuberose. One is an absolute, Mm -hmm. one uh, is an enfleurage, which Mm -hmm. is an ancient technique. But when you smell a tuberose, first it smells at night Mm -hmm. when it's fresh. Uh, It blooms in end of August, September. Mm -hmm. And the flower itself, it's white, but it's a lot of greens. So it's very vegetal, mm-hmm. and this kind of green, crispy impression. I it played it with, with a green pear accord, yeah, together with a green green leaf tea mm-hmm. from China, to create this kind of crispy vegetal impression that you were talking about. That yeah. is fruity also.
0: Yeah, I, I love it. I mean, this is my kind of tuberose. This is like my is so happy. Um, and yeah. you
1: know, the specific thing about French flower is today. There's almost I think Matière Première is one of the only fragrances in the world um, to use tuberose from grass because mm. one kilo of tuberose absolute from grass costs two hundred and fifty thousand euro, almost dollars. Okay, two hundred and fifty thousand mm. dollars. Wow. When one kilo of tuberose from India costs eleven, so twenty-five time time less eleven thousand. Wow. So, and matière première, it's also something that we—I'm very proud of. On top of the olfactive, it's today—it's the only fragrance house in the world to own its own fields of flowers.
0: Right. This is this is the tuberose that, that you we, that grew. I grow. Yes, which is such a—it's so personal. I mean, when you talk about like food being farm to table, this is like the fragrance equivalent. It's like this is your this is your harvest into your perfume. There's something so special about that.
1: Exactly. So it's our avrest And even the philosophy of Matière Première is if tomorrow we have, I would say, a huge demand on a certain fragrance such as French flower or mm-hmm. Radical Rose, which are the two that we produce our own flowers for, mm-hmm. uh, and there's not enough production, then we we, we say we, we can't produce. Right. And we want to stay in that reality right? of we produce what, you know, in accordance to the amount of flour we have rest each year. Hmm.
0: When it comes to fragrances you've created um, for brands, are there any that stand out to you looking back on the illustrious list of fragrances you've made over the years that you're just like, this one is very personal for me?
1: Sincerely, they are all um, personal. They are personal. The ones that, I, that are important to me is... I remember the first fragrance I created, I was 22, right after school, was for Guerlain. It was an aqua allegoria. That's
0: crazy. You created Guerlain fragrance yeah. at 22? like.
1: But it's crazy because I was lucky to meet people who were right. crazy enough to trust a young guy of 22 years old. Right, right. And I created one called Anisabella. It was based around pastis. I was drinking Ooh. pastis, which is an anistic mm-hmm. drink in, mm-hmm. to get in the south of France. Mm-hmm. And that I thought was amazing. It's like from a very personal and simple idea, you get from the day to the next. Right. Plenty of people wearing your idea.
0: Right.
1: So that was important. And when I worked in New York, I created with um, uh, two, uh, two other perfumers. We created Unforgivable by Shanjan. was uh, another hit, yeah. So this one I created it with two American perfumers. Mm -hmm. uh, That was fun. Then in Paris and I created Gucci for Men, Mm -hmm. which was uh, again uh, something that I thought was special because it was made with a formula that I created when I was doing the perfumery school. Wow. And I remember I created this formula for a perfumer contest Mm -hmm. that I didn't win.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And I had a bottle and... Six or seven years later, in 2007, yeah. I came up with that bottle to show it to people from Gucci. and They loved it. Wow. And I hardly worked on it. They took it right away as it was, and they called me one day and they said, well, your fragrance will be the next Gucci for men.
0: That's great. That's a good lesson in like when you don't, if at first you don't succeed, not only try again, but also put it in your back pocket because maybe it'll come out. That's, yeah, I feel like, as a perfumer you must there's probably so many mods that you make that don't end up being the one and i'm sure there's many that you're like well this will be something yeah. at some at some point
1: correct this and also the fact that when we are perfumer the creative process is very special because when you're a painter you add colors mm-hmm. on top of other colors mm-hmm. when you're a sculptor you diminish you sculpt so mm-hmm. you diminish when you're a perfumer you you can always go back, opposed to the two others' mm. fields. So sometimes what you've created in Mod 5 is better what, than what you've created in Mod 2000. Right. Like for French Flower, for example, mm-hmm. I must have created maybe 2000 modification to get it right.
0: Oh, my God.
1: Whereas for Crystal Saffron, I, I had it right in 15 tries.
0: Wow. And that's the newest fragrance, Crystal Saffron. I'm very excited, too. So, uh,
1: but I was telling you, yeah. So the important fragrances for me were Gucci for men. Gucci Guilty was also something. Narciso Rodriguez. Mm-hmm. I had a fantastic time wow. working with Food Narciso. Gucci is
0: one of my favorites. Yeah, mm-hmm. I love that scent.
1: And you know, working with Narciso, I worked with him for ten years. So it's like consistently. It's not just about creating one fragrance, but it's how you get to understand someone right. through years, mm-hmm. and that you understand his style of 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 fashion, and that you are capable of. Coming up with new scents that relates to him, mm-hmm. um, created for uh, Burberry Hero was also one of the letters right. from a very personal idea. Right, it was like a trio of cedar, because at home in the south of France, I have like there was like three amazing cedars, and mm-hmm. one summer there was a dry storm, mm-hmm. and the thunder hit one of the cedar, oh wow, and destroyed it,
0: mm-hmm.
1: but the cedar never died is still standing. And a few months later, I had a project from um, uh, Mr. Ricardo Tichy and the whole thing about Burberry was about incorruptibility, Mm -hmm. uh, immortality, and the Mm -hmm. symbol of this is cedar. Mm. And I created a hero like this. So, you know, it's sometimes like personal stories that are just like uh, give you ideas and make your creation sincere.
0: Wow. Yeah. Know,
1: Versace Hero for men was also made with, um, I was spending a lot of time in the north of Italy, mm-hmm. near, near the Lake Como, mm-hmm. and uh, or Lake de La- La Garde, Lake Aguarda, and they had those kind of amazing citron that I used for Hero for wow. Versace. So,
0: I mean, was, there's, a, there's a thread of what you're saying, because there's all, all of these sort of have natural source inspirations, even if they're not all... You know the same raw materials that you're using in matière première. You're inspired by things that you're seeing in nature, even when you're doing work for clients, which is interesting.
1: At least it's the way I speak about it today. But I think when I create those perfume for designers, I usually try to picture one person mm-hmm. that will illustrate the project that I'm given, mm-hmm. and then from that project, from that once I. Pictured that person, whether mm-hmm. it's a stranger in the street mm-hmm. or someone I know, then I will like I will be like, okay, this person is like that, so the perfume has to, mm-hmm. to talk like this. And when you write a perfume, and we when you compose a perfume for a couturier, the way you write the formula has to be in the same way that he design his clothes. Mm-hmm. So if you work for a couturier that is very much into details, mm-hmm. like John Galliano at the time when I was working for him, in, the formula has to be v- Made of many different details because mm-hmm. it was about his style was like that. But mm-hmm. then when you work for Giorgio Armani, with much more about cut line, it is very much about agri- uh, arch- architecture.
0: Right.
1: And the style of the fragrance has to be sharp. Right. With angles.
0: So with Burberry Hero, did you know that uh, it was going to be Adam Driver as a half man, half horse, galloping no. into the water? No, I didn't. Would you have designed a similar smell if you had seen that? Absolutely, that creative? yes. That's like my favorite ad of, of the last year. It's so fun. what
1: what I knew is it was about a new man, about a guy who was, uh, I think, um, uh, representing a modern kind of masculinity of mm-hmm. today. There was mm-hmm. something, yeah, it was very in line with, with who Adam Driver very conceptual is.
0: Conceptual nature, yeah. So I'm I'm curious too because you know you were talking about the first fragrance you created. You were 22. It was for Along. And you became a senior perfumer when you were 32, which is crazy and amazing. How do you think experience has changed how you create fragrances? Are the fragrances that you were creating when you were 22 drastically different than how you approach it today?
1: I think what drove anyone is um, the happiness, the joy, the fact that you want to achieve certain things and Mm -hmm. you feel what you do makes sense, mm-hmm. and to me, Matière Première is also a, an amazing playing field for creativity mm-hmm. projects. And honestly speaking, I, I think I'm so lucky in my life because I can combine the work I do for Matière Première and also the work I do for designers. Right. And I love this balance. Mm-hmm. You know, I love the fact that. You can approach the creation in many different ways. Mm-hmm. And I've always been, um, I think, uh, I think the future of perfumery is to trust young perfumers.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: The future of perfumery is to have people coming from all over the world creating perfume. I think there's a real, there's a lot to learn from others. Mm-hmm. And, you know, even when you're, it sounds really old when we say i'm a senior perfumer you know i think you're perfumer or you or you're not perfumer mm-hmm. <laughs> no but it's um, yeah great ideas are also coming from young people and you have amazing perfumers who have a kind of fantasy when they're 60 70 years old still right uh, so age doesn't really matter what matters is do you keep those kind of dream that you want to achieve things differently
0: mm. okay before we get to the final segment of the show One question about matière première, and I know it's probably hard because you love them all, but is there one that feels the most you in your collection?
1: Well, there's two that I feel are, I think, the outcome of um, of a project that I'm very proud of. Are it's radical rose and French flower because those two are made with my own flowers. Right. So it's not just a creation; it's also it's a result of um, some hard work of people working the ground, the soil, taking care of, of plants, taking care of the rose, extracting them in a certain way mm-hmm. and then turning them into a perfume. So to me, it's they are special to me because when I think back of six years ago, it sounded impossible to mm-hmm. do that. And when I see that today, you know, um, I was um, at Saks Fifth Avenue today and mm-hmm. I could see... Radical Rose, the flowers, people smelling it, wearing it, you know, it's incredible because mm-hmm. it's like a dream come true. Mm-hmm. And and you know, being you know, being in America, being uh, with the people that are distributing matière première, which are mm-hmm. ICP, and seeing mm-hmm. matière première at sex is incredible because it's like uh, what matters is are people interested. Mm-hmm. And to me, you know, when you create a fragrance brand, the challenge is not just to create an additional brand is mm-hmm. do you bring something that people find interesting
0: right it's so cool you see it the you see everything about this fragrance from actually planting the seeds that grow the flowers that heart and then the flowers are harvested and then there's they're turned into absolutes like you're part of the process in those two fragrances from every aspect of creation it's a really rare and cool vantage point
1: and we and and you know and again we want to sh- reflect the reality of a perfumer. You know, Mm -hmm. I'm not saying that every ingredient are produced by my own care, of course. Mm -hmm. But the reality of a perfumer is some of the ingredients are locals and some Mm -hmm. other ingredients grow elsewhere in the world and we have to go and source them. We Mm -hmm. call producers, Mm -hmm. we meet producers and we say, okay, we'll work with this production, Mm -hmm. with this guy because we Mm -hmm. think he does well, either he works organically, Mm -hmm. either he's like caring about the environment. So it's really at the heart of what we do.
0: Mm. And can you give any um, sneak preview as to some raw materials that might inspire any future material premier sense?
1: Well, you know, nature takes time. Like, so this year I will plant some uh, lavender. Mm. So maybe in the coming few years, mm-hmm. because of course I'm not going to launch a lavender fragrance in one year, but maybe in two years, lavender will be... Will be old enough to mm. have an extraction and to maybe come up with a, a lavender fragrance. Mm. It's possible. But you know, of course, value doesn't define quality only. But today, you know, when I'm a lucky performer because when I designed with my two associate Matière Première, we did everything we could to put as much quality in the oil, not in the advertising. Mm-hmm. Not in the other element of the product, but in the oil. So it means high concentration. It means quality of ingredients. It means aging. You know, it's like wine. When you Mm -hmm. put a lot of, when you have a full bodied wine, you Mm -hmm. need to open it so that it breathes and it Mm -hmm. gets diffusive and powerful. Mm -hmm. Well, for us, it's the same because there's so much material in it. You need to have the oil that can rest, that can actually age so that the fragrance gives its maximum. Mm. And the goal is to create head-turning fragrances. Not old-fashioned, but modern head-turning fragrances. And to us, that's the philosophy, and that's what really we... It's a promise of Matière Première, I think. It's like when you wear one fragrance of ours, of Matière Première, uh, you get comments.
0: Yes, absolutely. I mean, I'm excited. I want to spray myself in all of these at the same time. Um, I'm going to be very fragrant as I walk out of here today. Okay, the final segment of the show is called What's that smell? Mm, what's that smell? It is rapid fire scent association. I'll throw out a person, a place, an emotion, a thing. And you just tell me the first smell that comes to mind. And no answer is incorrect. Okay. Okay.
1: Actually, that's very important. You know, that's why I became a perfumer. Really? Because when it comes to creation, no one is wrong.
0: I agree. That's what, that's what I try and sometimes people will message me and tell me that they were sure that they perceived a certain note in a fragrance and then it wasn't there. And I'm like, if you perceive it, so much of, of fragrance notes, obviously in this case, there's these are true raw materials, but so much as I've learned is written by marketers of how they interpret the fragrance and they're not actual like raw materials. so That's right. Yeah. It's interesting. You guys, you heard it from a perfumer, so don't take my word for it. Okay. Aurelien? Are you ready to play? What's that smell? Yes. What is the smell since we're here right now of New York City? Dry cleaner. Oh, interesting. Okay, You no one has ever said that before, and I I like it.
1: When I lived in New York,
0: mm-hmm.
1: in the I was living in McDougall Alley, and there was it was a little walk-up building, mm-hmm. in the house, and there was a dry cleaner at mm. the ground floor. And to me, I the smell that the sometimes. Clean and steamy, but pleasant.
0: Pleasant. Mm, Okay, I love it. Uh, What is the smell of grass? Jasmine. What is the smell of London? Rain. What is the smell of love?
1: The skin of my wife.
0: Beautiful. What is the smell of sorrow? No smell. Wow. Wow. I like the way you think. That is a very perfumer answer. Okay. What is the smell of your childhood home?
1: Marble powder.
0: Marble powder?
1: My mother, so she was sculpting uh, marble because she was a sculptress. Mm -hmm. At night, in the evening,
0: Mm.
1: in the apartment. And there was marble powder everywhere.
0: Wow.
1: It's very mineral. Mm A bit dusty, but Mm. yeah, that I remember. That the ever, smell of my childhood.
0: Would that ever inspire a fragrance perhaps? Yes,
1: I created a fragrance for Kenzo made with Ronahad, you know, mm-hmm. the designer, mm-hmm. the Israeli designer. And the whole idea was about the, the duality between the mineral character of marble powder with the sensual character of a woman's skin.
0: Mm.
1: And it was called OVNI.
0: Wow. Okay, what is the smell of Matiere Première?
1: I wouldn't know. There's not one single smell of Matière Première.
0: Okay. I like that political answer. I'll take it. Okay. And the final question. What is the smell of Aurélien Guichard?
1: I would say my smell, while I wear, the fragrance I'm working on, I said earlier on. But I would like to think that I smell creative.
0: Hmm, I would agree.
1: I don't know if I do, but...
0: Yeah, the smell of creativity. That is beautiful. Where can everybody listening, if they would like to experience Matière Première, uh, shop for this collection?
1: Well, you know, Matière Première, you can smell it at Saks mm-hmm. uh, on 5th Avenue. And there's a, a lot of different uh, points of sales that are opening across the country, in North America.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And of course, online, you can find Matière Première.
0: Beautiful. Thank you so much, Hérélien. It's been so wonderful to talk with you.
1: Well, thank you, Emma, and um, you know again, uh, thank you for taking the time. It's not so easy to talk about uh, olfactive scent and olfactive memories. So I hope uh, I hope you had a good time.
0: Perfumer was edited by Wyatt Peak. Music is by Max Vernon, and illustrations are by Israel Rodriguez.